Welcome back, friends. Yeah, it sounds cheesy now. Uh, I need to find a better way to enter into the podcast. Dude, I am excited today. It's it's late, and it's Sunday, but I'm pretty happy. Pretty happy because I got some stuff figured out. And by stuff, I mean I have my, my setup, and I have my... I, hmm, how do I get into this? Okay, so here's, here's how I'm going to start. Right now, right now, I'm set up with the iPad and the blue snowball, and I'm in the back of my car. Yeah, um, I remember an episode of the No Agenda show where Adam was talking about how he's surprised that people would actually listen to someone or watch someone who's just recording in their car as if that person has anything important to say at all. And I thought it was kind of like, okay, this is some information from the Podfather. I should take this um, and, and, and learn from it. But then I thought, you know, there's going to be times where I've got to, like, I've really got to just, just do something. And I don't have a Cludio set up. I don't have my, I don't know, my, my system set up to where I can actually record in, in a, uh, a noise treated environment. So I'll just kind of treat my car as much as I can, which is setting up a blanket to reduce the size of space of pickup of the volume, or sorry, of the mic, and we'll call it good. And that's what I'm doing. So right now I'm in the car, and it's toasty, man, it is toasty. So Washington State has been, the last week has been a heat wave, technically. It's not crazy, it just hit barely over 100, but it's dry and I've been working outside, so it really, I can really feel it myself. And right now, I'm in the car, which is outside, um, so I'm feeling it now too. But enough rambling about that, enough with all that, I wanted to go over my last episode, because I honestly didn't think that people would listen to it. And for, I mean, for the basic fact of the fact that it's, it's, it's a different language. It's all in Romanian, it's all a, another language that you, you wouldn't understand. I know I don't like listening to a, a different language podcast, even Romanian ones. And you can find those. There's actually a, oh shoot, what was it called? There's a tool that was built in the early days of podcasting 2.0. And I think it's still, it's still out there. It should be. But it's basically as a website. And you can put tons of very specific filters in there to find a podcast that suits your needs. And it, it's just like a, it, it's like a mic drop. So like, an, it, not a mic drop, a needle drop on a record player. So if you can imagine just, choosing some random location in a random episode on a random podcast, just needle dropping right there and listening in to try and find a new podcast to listen to. That's what this tool was. I'll have to find it. And if I get to it, if I do find it, it'll be linked in the podcasting 2.0 chapters that you should see uh, going across your screen and have been going across your screen for the last five, 10 seconds or so. But I found that I'd listen to Romanian podcasts and it's just, I don't know, it doesn't seem right to me. I could keep listening, and I probably will moving forward, just because it'll help me with my, um, I don't know, my own understanding of the language, but I wanted to go over a little bit of, like, translating what was said in that episode, just so anyone who was listening, and I already know there was one dude, and I'll explain that when I get to my value for value segment, because I got a new donator, who's <laughs> not just Pitar, oh, it's funny, I love Pitar, and the fact that he's you know, just sending in as many boosts as he can, but it seems like he's the only one donating. But I, I know he isn't. I know he's not the only one listening either because, I mean, the proof's in the pudding. I got some donations. 
But anyway, I wanted to go over the last episode and talk about what was all said. So I'll just, I'll, I'll get right into it. Now, my grandpa, he was, and, and I could just play it right now. I have it all triggered on the sound pad, but it would take a whole nother hour and 14 to go through it all and just retranslate. So I'm going to kind of summarize. My grandpa started off by introducing himself. His name is Yuan, which is just John Kereji, which is his last name. And he was talking about how he comes from a long line of carriages and how this long line of carriages is um, important to him and how it's a giant family. It's it's huge. The family name is actually very popular in Romania, apparently. And how I, I don't know this for sure because I've never been. But I guess when my dad went back and when my brothers and uh, sister, my two eldest brothers and a sister that's one year younger than me went back to Romania to visit the family out there back in, I think it was 2008, I think it was, maybe 2006, something like that. Uh, they just shouted the last name Karaji, and everyone, like like half the train station just turned around like, huh, you talking to me? And it's like, okay, that's kind of cool to know that you come from such a large lineage, and then it's also kind of like, well, we're technically the only Karajis in America right now because no one else has immigrated as far as we know. There's probably plenty now. But since my dad immigrated, he was the only one. Uh, because not very many people had had even the desire to move to America. And then also communism with Ceausescu. Uh, I think his, I keep forgetting the dude's init- first name. I think it's Nikolai Ceausescu was the guy's name. I forget. And that's how bad it is that my dad escaped that. And so did my grandpa. And I forget the name of the dictator that was running the place. But either way, my grandpa was talking about how he grew up there. And he, I, I asked him before we started even recording, because I got into a conversation with him at the dinner table and I was thinking, man, this would be really great to record. I need to hear this. He started giving me cooking advice. He started talking about his wife. He started talking about times when he was growing up. I was like, let's record this. Hold on. Can I record you? And, you know, he doesn't know what a podcast is. He's 70 something probably. And he's like, I'm sure. I mean, what for? You know, I explained to him, hey, it's for it's for it's basically a radio program. That's the, the best way to describe it to him. So I did. And he's like, OK, fine. I asked him, talk to me about your childhood. Tell me something from your childhood, something that gives me the understanding of what it was like to grow up in Romania back in your time. Like, it's, it's one thing to grow up in America back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, how, whenever my grandpa grew up, but it's another thing to grow up in a third world country in that time. And it's just like miles different. So I had him explain it. And the, the, the memory that he brought up that he said would never leave him, and this is the story that he brought up in the podcast, was that when he was around nine years old, uh, I, think it was, I think it was his mom that was sick and needed something from the local pharmacist. And he explained a, a type of medicine, and my Romanian isn't that vast to understand the different types of medicine that were out there uh, at the time, but it, he explained that it came from a specific plant and that it was only at this specific pharmacy that was about, I think it was five kilometers away. So he took his, his grandfather's horse. Now, he, he had to go into some backstory about his grandfather's horse, and his grandfather's horse was very, very special to him because his grandfather, being my great-great-grandfather, fought in a big old war between Hungary and the uh, country of Kazakhstan in Russia, and he called him Kazakh because that's what you would call the Kazakhstani people. And apparently back in the day when his grandpa, when my grandpa's grandpa was 
in war and just alive, everyone knew it was just common knowledge that the Kazakhstani people are the best when it comes to using the saber, when it comes to using sword, sword, sword fighting. They are the best in all of basically Europe, all of that area. And so my great-great-grandfather was in tons of wars. Well, three specifically that my grandfather remembered and because it was just war-torn nations around that time where people were just fighting for land. And during that time, he used these horses. So my grandfather's grandfather used these two horses. And apparently, if I can get the picture from my mom, uh, I think she's got it. it there's a, an old photograph of my grandfather's dad riding these horses unless it was the grandfather and i'm not sure how they got the picture unless it's just a painting but i'll have to get it i'll put it in the podcasting 2.0 chapters right about now for anyone to to who's listening to look at the dude is riding two horses he's just like a man's man just a war hero riding two horses at the same time this dude just eats wood chips for breakfast and i'm over here worrying about bitcoin and if it's going to take us to the moon or not so Different time scales breed different types of men, and I aspire to be a more of a manly man. And you know, I'm downplaying what I do. I'm I actually work in severe heat. If 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 there's a fight, I won't back down from it. You know, there's there's certain things that are are you know I'm downplaying. But this guy was just I mean ready to take on the world. You know, and he loved this horse, loved it like to death. My grandfather's father because it was his dad's, and he just loved this horse. Now, my grandpa took this horse into town to find some medicine. And when he got into town, found the medicine, and on his way back, this was around the time when frost was just starting to hit the, just hit the ground. And on his way back, they hadn't changed the horseshoes out for the horse yet, because this was coming up on wintertime, and they hadn't changed it from the summer horseshoes to the winter horseshoes. And this is a thing, you know, <laughs> like changing your summer tires to winter tires. And it's just because one pair of horseshoes has like uh, spikes in them, essentially, to be able to get better grip whenever it's, you know, frosted all over the ground. And the horse did a slip and fall, smacked its head, threw my grandpa when he was nine, threw him, and he went, my grandpa went flying, he got up, dusted himself off, saw the horse laying there, he's like, ah, it's just sleeping, it got tired, maybe it got rustled up a little bit, needs some air. And he walked another kilometer, he says. Not crazy far, but you know, it's, it's a bit of a walk. But he's like, I'll come back for it once it wakes up. So, you know, he ties the, the reins somewhere and he runs home. Gives his mom the medicine and his dad asks him, hey, uh, where's the horse? And, uh, and his, uh, he's like, hey, it's, uh, it's, it's sleeping. And his dad's like, what do you mean it's sleeping? He's like, well, yeah, it, 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 it fell over, you know, it smacked his head, bopped its head on a rock and it's sleeping. <laughs> and I grandpa's... Dad was like, oh, shoot, you killed my horse. <laughs> like, straight up, you killed my horse. And, you know, he loves his kid. He's like, ah, it's, it's fine. You know, like, ah, whatever. But apparently, it, it affected him so badly that just a year later, because of the sheer sorrow and just, like, depression he got put into, because this was his horse. And I may be getting the characters wrong. I'm so sorry. If, if someone who knows Romanian is listening to this and he's like, that's not what I heard at all. I'm, I may be getting the char characters wrong and I just re-listened to it today. But like I said, my Romanian's a little bit off. I still understood him in the moment. I understood everything. But like I said, Romanian. Either way, dude died. He died from depression. Wouldn't eat, 
wouldn't drink water, couldn't sleep, died from depression. My grandpa's mom tells him, hey, yeah, it's pretty much it's pretty much because of the horse. And and I mean, imagine that. Imagine being nine years old, killing your dad's horse by accident, mind you, because like it was freak accident. You know, like no matter what, wasn't his responsibility necessarily to change out the horseshoes. Wasn't his fault there was frost on the ground that day. And it's not like he was, you know, drifting around a corner or anything. It just happened to be that. And that's the story that he brings to memory when I ask him about his childhood. Horrible situation. I'm like, oh, shoot. I was hoping for like, yeah, when we were kids, we would throw marbles down the road and we would fight with sticks because that's what was cool. And you with your fangled dungaree telephones over here. But no, he's talking about killing a horse. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I'm sorry. You know, but then then he turns it over to my dad after he talks about a few other things like um he talks about my grandma and how she passed away this year in April, April 10th at 12.30, I believe is what he said, was the time of death. She passed away back in Romania. And, um, you know, this is where, where they always wanted to pass was back in the home country. And, uh, you know, that's where he got a little bit quiet. The noise gate started cutting in on that. So it was hard for me to even remember exactly what he was saying there. But I, I pieced it together. Talked about that. And then, then he turn the conversation over to my dad after I explained one more time because he, he kept it a little bit uh, interviewee. So I was like, hey, I really wanted this to just be a conversation. I don't want you to feel like you're under pressure here to repeat exactly what we said at the table. Go ahead and feel comfortable to just say whatever, you know, and you know, don't, don't feel pressured to say whatever either. I don't want you to think that I'm putting you on the spot here or anything. But either way, he hands it over to my dad and my dad starts talking about how he actually came to America, how while he was in Romania, when he was a young guy, he, um, he had a gift. And the gift that he had was to sing. He was able to sing and sing well. So he was a wedding singer. He was a singer in nightclubs. And, you know, he got paid pretty well to do so. And he would sing old-style Romanian music. And old st- I'll have to play you a, a sample of a, a song. It's called Manela. Manela is the word for worldly music. It's basically, it's not, it would be the equivalent of... Uh, how would you put it? There's, shoot, I, 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 all I can call it is Romanian hip hop. It's not hip hop because it sounds very Middle Eastern, but it's not uh, anything classic. I don't know. I'll, I'll show you a sample. You let me know what you think of it. If you like it, you like it. If not, then whatever. I'll show you a sample on the next episode because I don't have it loaded here. Um, either way, talked about how he was a wedding singer back in the day and how how he actually came to the moving from Romania to America. And that that's an interesting story all on its own. So basically what happened was uh, how he got to America was that he, he had to move to Germany. When Ceausescu came through and came into power, uh, the, the country was all torn out of place. Once they, they found him, they got him, the revolution got him, uh, and keep it keep in mind when the revolution was going down my dad was uh, he had a job at some time at some point in in Romania he had a job and it was mostly unionized because communism as far as he explained it I'm not sure how economics worked back then because I didn't have a chance to get into how did economics work back then uh, especially if the whole thing was in Romanian I'm not going to ask him and have him explain it in Romanian but anyway at his place of work they were handing out guns just, hey, have a gun. We're going to go take over the government. Have a gun. We're going to take over the government. This is horrible. Have a gun. We're going to take over the government. And 
keep in mind, this is not America. America, you have the right to bear arms. This is a different country under communist rule. You don't have guns. So how they got guns is a whole other question, and how they're just handing them out like hotcakes at a place of work is another question. But anyway, he decided, shoot, I'm not going to pick up a gun. This isn't my fight. I'm not about that. I'm not going to kill someone. Now, where his mind was at, different question, but for now, we're just going to say he was in a good spot in his mindset to say, hey, I really don't want to be a part of this. And we're just going to call it that for now. Well, anyway, um, after that, he moves to Germany. Somehow, his work relocated him to Germany. And there was a, a place that he was designated to go, him and a few other worker dudes. And in this place that they were designated to go, there was a, uh, a town where they said, yeah, we'll welcome these dudes with open arms, no problem. And it turns out that once they heard there was more dudes than they thought, they're like, oh, hold on now. No, we got a lot of young ladies here, and these are a bunch of rando dudes that we don't know anything about. They're going to basically screw our women. And they're like, we're going to have none of this. And apparently this had actually happened to them before. It's not like they're just assuming things. This had happened to their people and a nearby town already. So they're like, yeah, we're not having any of that. So they just stood there literally with pitchforks, torches, and axes. Like, like you'd see in the movies, they stood there at the train station saying, you're not coming in here. So they just moved him to the town over. Apparently there was some sort of a, a military presence at that next town, so they were allowed to stay in the bunks of the uh, military personnel in this giant uh, auditorium, gyna gymnasium type thing. And literally, the morning after, this town had no idea these guys were coming, but the morning after, they had change of outfits, they had jobs lined up, they had everything for them. So great people, accommodating people, and this was in Germany back in the day. So my dad gets a job at a brewery, and everything starts going swimmingly. And then, then you know, t as time moves on, they realize that, hey, Romania's actually got a new government in power now, so you got to go back, and you, got to you have to answer as to why you didn't get into the draft, because uh, the draft was mandatory at the time. Now, once they got democratized, they, the draft became something that you didn't really have. It, it was optional. But while the revolution was happening, it wasn't optional. So you had to answer for the crime that was the crime of not uh, attending the draft when it was instituted. So he was probably going to go to jail, serve some time for failing to enter the draft. He didn't want that, obviously. So he got into a conversation with his dad saying, I don't know what to do. And his dad says, hey, I know a guy. And this is actually prefaced a little bit earlier in the, uh, in the recording where my grandpa was talking about, hey, I know a guy. I mean, I grew up with him from when I was in grade school. Uh, he knows you essentially from when you were a kid because we would hang out together. I'd write poetry. This is my grandpa talking, saying I'd write poetry and I'd have you recite it on my shoulders talking about my dad uh, in front of a crowd because he was like six years old and he just loved doing everything with his dad. And he would recite my grandpa's poetry. And this friend of his was there watching, enjoying, just laughing about it. They were best friends, these two, my grandpa and this other dude. This other dude turned out to be the preacher of a big church out in Portland, Oregon, which is actually still going today. It's called Philadelphia. Uh, that's the name of the church. Um, and, and this dude, it's, it's actually, so here's a, a side piece of information. There's a massive Romanian presence in America right now, especially a concentration in Portland, Oregon, and in California. Now, the Portland uh, concentration it's it's a it's like a megachurch when you think megachurch it's megachurch worthy there's like 
granted everywhere and giant production value and huge. It's not mega church like Joel Osteen or any of these big name people, but it's a mega church, mind you. It's probably close to, it, it's peeping up on like over a thousand members. So to me, that's mega church. Anything that breaks the thousand member mark is a mega church. Anyway, this church has been going on for a long time. My parents met in this church back in the 90s. So my dad writes a letter saying, hey, I'd like to come through as, a, uh, as an immigrant, get a visa through the church, because that's actually a thing with immigration churches under the 501c3 status and a few other things can bring in immigrants as a, a thing. I'm not sure exactly the rules involved here. I didn't look into it much. But the guy's like, hey, well, we'll try it. I don't know what we'll do. We'll, we'll come out of it now that Romania is democratized. You're not technically allowed to flee a war-torn country under a visa like what's happening right now with Ukraine through a church if the country is now in a time of peace. And my dad's like, oh, best, I mean, worst that could happen is they say no. And he says the same thing. Yeah, worst that could happen is they say no. So they try it. And obviously they say no. The visa office. Like, ah, shoot, you, you, don't, you don't get to come over. He says, let's try again. All right. I mean, maybe we just got someone who had a bad day. They tried again. Same answer, no. So he's like, oh, shoot, kind of, you're out of luck, man. I'm sorry. I, I tried everything. I'll keep my ears to, to the ground, but there's pretty much nothing. My dad's like, okay, time is running out. He's got three months before they're going to like deport him from Germany to Romania. And eventually, my dad's like, oh, man, he's getting nervous. Three months, are, are, it's just hit the three-month mark. It's like a three-month anniversary on an upcoming date. And he gets a letter in the mail from this same preacher. And this dude says, hey, listen here. Now, we have a young lady in our church, good family. Uh, she's, she's pretty good looking by all accounts. She's a nice lady. She's Christian. Everything's good. And she's basically ready to be married. You know? So how's about you send her a letter, tell her who you are, a little bit about yourself, maybe even attach a photo, and uh, we'll see what happens with this. My dad's like, eh, dating advice? What is this? But he's like, all right, I mean, what, what can I lose? I don't know how things work. So he sends the letter, you know, writes something about himself, you know, tells him what he does. Oh, I'm a wedding singer and attaches a photo of himself. And he sends it off. And that was that. He gets a letter back two months before his deadline. Oh, the lady. I don't know who she is, by the way. But anyway, the lady writes back, hey, I like what I see, like what I hear. Seem like a decent dude. Looks like we're coming up to visit you in Romania pretty soon. So uh, I can't wait to see you. Now, obviously, the dude was my dad was in Germany, and and actually, I might be wrong. She might have said we're coming to Germany. I'm not sure how it all ended up because uh, I'd have to listen again. But it's a long podcast, and you know, listening again and remembering all the details without writing it down is another ordeal. I should be more prepared than this. I'm a podcaster now, anyway. Well, anyway. She comes down and visits. Everybody likes what they see. Uh, he, he has to mention, he's like, hey, listen, the preacher said you were a Christian. You, you got to know, I'm not really that much of a Christian, you know? Like, my parents raised me Catholic, and even that I'm not too good at. And she, they're, they're like, ah, semantics, details, details, you know, minor. <laughs> and he's over there still kind of wondering what's happening here. But eventually, you know, they, they do everything they need to to get everything in writing and they have a civil wedding. It's all legal in documentation. They go back to America. He gets his ticket a month before he has to get deported. He flies to America. Beautiful. He meets her in Portland at the church. 
But while he's there, everything's like extremely formal for some reason. It's just high and by at the church and that's it. They're legally married, like on paper, which is all it was in Romania on paper marriage. But that's, that's all it took. It was just high and by and that's it at the church. Two weeks later, he gets a visit from the lady and her family. And they say, hey, uh, listen, uh, you, you don't have to be involved in this at all. It's no big deal. Uh, basically, the rules are that when you get married, either in, in any rule system in American law or in Romanian law, you have a, basically a two-week timeline to rethink about your actions to get an annulment. And fun fact, the word for uh, cancellation is a, a synonym for cancellation is annulment. And in Romanian, the word to cancel is anulats, which is... Just a little bit of etymology there, just to kind of help you guys out. <laughs> Fun fact, Friday with Claude, Sunday, more like it. Anyway, they said, we're going to get an annulment. This will be like it never happened on legal papers. It's just, you're here now, everything had worked out, you're good to go. Go find yourself a wife. And that's how he got to America. Which was pretty crazy, I mean, if you think about it. My dad was married before, and it was all just a, uh, what you call it? a formality to help him get to America because no one was going to accept him during that time of crises in Romania, which I think is pretty crazy. But anyway, that that was that as far as his coming to America. And then, then my dad went into a um, conversation about how many kids that uh, he's had since he's been here and how he wanted to talk about more of the spiritual aspect of things that, that got him to where he is in his place because he wants to thank, he, he wanted to say, I want to thank the Lord for everything that he's provided and everything that he's done for me because without the Lord's helping hand, these people probably wouldn't have an inkling or a desire or anything put on their hearts to say, let's help this poor bastard out to get to America and, you know, have a life actually and not have to suffer in prison. You know, there's... Any way you can argue this, that's the way he feels. And that's the way I feel about it. That it was something of the working of the Lord's hand. Well, anyway, um, after that, he talks about um, the way that... The way that the deaths in the family had affected him. So, my mom had a few miscarriages. I believe it was two that he said. And there was also two deaths in the family. So... My sister, her name was Rebecca, when I was a lot younger, I believe I was probably eight at the time, my sister Rebecca got uh, brain cancer. And this is when we were living in Missouri. And this brain cancer, she was about six at the time. Uh, it, Man, my mom has so many horror stories about doctors just treating her completely unfairly in every single which way and how... They would mistreat my sister in every which way, asking her if her headaches were just her faking it. And it's just a bunch of nonsense. But my dad had one thing to say about the situation with my sister because we would, we'd spent months going back and forth from Missouri to Tennessee and Nashville to Memphis to all over basically the Midwest to try and get to some specialists to help her with in St. Jude's to help her with her treatments and, and everything else. And, and and I remember all of this, like, pretty much vividly, you know, because my spatial memory and everyone's spatial memory is so much better that I remember the exact places that we were, almost like to how many steps it was from one room to the next. 
because that's that's just what was burned into my memory. This is a new place. This was uh, in- incredible hospitality. Ronald McDonald House helped us out so much. It was wonderful. And then there was the uh, uh, the the Grizzly House in Memphis. Just everything was done by donors, just people who thought, I want my money to go to help children who need it. And my sister needed it. But on basically her last day, I remember that my dad went to work that day. And when the ambulance showed up, he was just following right behind him. I mean, almost trying to overpass him so he can get into the house before they did. Because it was a, a terrible scene. Like, my mom was crying like crazy. She sent all the kids out into the yard. Everyone who wasn't my sister. Because she was essentially having a seizure. But my dad was talking about how that morning before he, before he was about to leave for work, I mean, at this point, my sister had already basically been, you know, having a really rough go of it, but she looked like she was starting to do a little bit better. And, and that morning on his way to work, he says, or she, she says, um, she says, dad, I know that you're going to get me some of that, that special medicine that is going to help me get better. And he says, he says, I'm pretty sure the way he said it was, uh, what, what medicine are you talking about? And she says, well, the medicine that I got right here, she gives him a hug and then gives him a kiss and says, this is the only medicine that I need. And it was just a, I mean, that was heart wrenching for me at that point. And then, you know, cause I, I got kids now and my son's five, you know, and, and that was about the same time that my sister started explaining to my mom and dad, like, this is, this is hurting me. I'm having a massive headache right now. And, and that's, that's when we first figured out that she had brain cancer. And I'm just thinking about how, how that would affect someone to hear your child say that before you leave the doors that day and say, this is the only medicine I need. And then that day you have to come home because your daughter is going to die. Like that just hurt to hear. And that's not even the end of it. Then that same year, my mom lost her dad to liver cancer. And then she had a miscarriage as well. So it was just like a horrible time of it. And my dad's just bringing this up. And, and it's just like, you, you think about it. You know, when you're a kid, you see it, you experience it. It is saddening, but there's a whole nother level of depth to it whenever you're a parent. And I'm not saying you can't empathize with someone without being in that position. But it is a different level of experience. It does hit you differently. You can empathize for sure, but it does hit you differently. And then, then in, uh, what was it, 2016, uh, no, 2015, I think it was, yeah, 2015, uh, I got married, got married in June, and the whole family came out to California at my wedding, super ghetto wedding, crazy ghetto wedding, I mean, we had, we had our, uh, what do you call it? Uh, what is it whenever you have the uh, the meal? Shoot, I'm losing my words. Um, reception. We had a reception dinner at an all-you-can-eat restaurant. So, yeah, it was ghetto beyond compare. Anyway, anyway, uh, aside from that, whole family was in town. Uh, all the brothers, all the sisters, cousins, aunts, uncles. And it, mind you, we have a huge family. My family's huge. And then my mom's family's huge. She's got, she's got 16 brothers and sisters who all are now, now at this point, 
creeping up on double digits of kids. So, you know, big family. And everyone's in town. My brother's in town. And I'm bringing that up for a reason. So my brother, we called him Tavi, and that's short for Octavian. His first name's Darius. Second name is Octavian. We call him Tavi for short. This guy was, he was kind of like, I mean, you can call him like the black sheep of the family. And I say that because he he kind of alienated himself from all of us. And it was because of drug usage. And I'm not the one to say that, oh, uh, what you call it, uh, uh, marijuana is a gateway drug. I don't believe that for a second. I don't believe marijuana is a gateway drug for a second. Now, when you stigmatize the use of marijuana and then you... You know, that, that, that's, that's, that's a different that's a different argument to get into. I'm not going to get into that right now. I'm talking about my brother. My brother got into all sorts of other drugs. Started with marijuana, went on to pills, prescription drugs, and then from there it went on to hardcore narcotics like meth, like cocaine, like all these other things. Well, anyway, uh, after my wedding, which everyone was there, he was there as well, and he was a different person at the wedding different person than the alienated character that he had made himself at in, in every year previous in every situation previous and this was that he was helpful he was i mean to use a weird word he had a pep in his step he was just ready to lend a hand and this is not his character normally he was a debbie downer he was really a downer he'd bring the mood down in any situation and when i when i first saw that he was here, I saw, you know, a different attitude in his face. And I was thinking, man, like, what changed? I, I didn't know, but something had changed in him. Anyway, not even a week later, everyone's back in, uh, in Idaho, where my family had relocated from Missouri. Uh, after, after we lived in Missouri, we relocated to Idaho. So he went to Idaho with my parents. Even though he was still living in Missouri, he took a ride home with my parents, as far as I understand it or remember it. And a week after my wedding, a heat wave had hit Nampa. And the AC broke in the house, and, you know, we, we'd always lived in kind of ghetto houses because, you know, we weren't the most wealthy people. And plus, it's just, I mean, come on, you got like 16 kids. How are you going to afford anything else other than food and clothes on their backs, especially with my dad's single income in the house, which is just unbelievable how he even got a chance to take care of it. Government programs or not, doesn't matter. He still took care of us. Well, anyway... There was an idea to go and cool off in, in, in some water. And in Nampa, there is a, uh, a river uh, in parts of South Idaho going up to North Idaho. There's a river called Snake River. And Snake River gets its name because it, you know, twirls around canyons like a snake and who knows what. And then I don't know if it has anything to do with real snakes, but it, it, it's also pretty high on the death count list. Well... Anyway, everyone's at, at the river hanging out. And my, my brother just talks to my mom that, that whole morning, and he'd already had a crap of a time of it where he was... I mean, he'd, he'd already been through such terrible withdrawals trying to get off the drugs coming from Missouri to the wedding back to Idaho, coming off the drugs that he was ready to just jump out of a moving car because his withdrawals were so terrible, he just wanted to end it all. And then this one morning, he just decides, you know what? Everything's great. Just something clicked in his mind, and he'd put up some Facebook post about how there's just this inner peace that he'd never felt before that he's got. And that day, they go to the to the river. And uh, two of my two of my siblings, my younger brother and my younger sister, 
they're they're floating out in the water and keep in mind none of my family knows how to swim for some unknown reason none of us know how to swim but we we gravitate towards water we always go to the ocean we always go into the ocean we always go to ponds lakes rivers all sorts of things but none of us know how to swim I mean, I know how to, I know how to get from one end of the pool to the other. And so does everyone else, as long as your energy's there. But as far as wading in the water and just laying down and floating, no one knows. Literally no one knows. It's all uh, uh, freaking out at that point and drowning. And that's essentially what happened. My brother and sister, the younger ones, they're being basically pulled out into the river a little bit farther because there's an undercurrent that's pulling them away. And they're screaming about it. They're starting to, you know, not be able to touch the bottom. They can't swim and they're they're losing energy because the current is a little bit stronger than they can swim. And they're screaming. And my dad and my brother, they both hear it. Well, my brother, you know, just he just runs. He runs out there. My dad's kind of quick behind him, but not quick enough. My brother runs in there, shoes on, which is, that's, that's, that's a no-no. You do not run into the water with your shoes on. Because it's like bricks that weigh you down. They get soaked with water and you can't, you can't lift your feet to kick to start swimming. Well, he gets to my brother, throws my brother, I mean, you know, pushes him as far as he can while he's still in the water. He's got nothing to push against, but he pushes my brother closer to shore. My brother can get to shore, little brother. Uh, And then he tries to go towards my sister. Well, he kind of gets a hold of her a little bit, but then they're both kind of drowning there, you know, because like, what are you going to do? He's starting to lose energy. Then my dad runs over there and he's got two kids drowning. And my sister starts kind of floating away a little bit farther because my older brother, Tavi, he tries to, you know, catch himself and he's losing balance. He's, he's not balanced. He's losing his, his ability to stay afloat. Well, anyway, my dad gets up there and he's like, man, uh, what do I do? You know, he tries to save my brother. My brother starts kind of pushing him under, you know, and he's like starting to swallow water, take on water. He's like, you can't do this. Calm down, please. I'm going to die. You're going to die. We're all going to die here. You got to stop. And he looks up and he sees that my sister has gone under and he's like, okay, that's it. Like, I got to go save her. You can at least bounce off the ground just to catch your breath for a few more attempts while I actually go and pick her up from being pulled under. He runs over there, does everything he can to get her as close to shore as possible. And he does. He gets her as close to shore as possible, which is basically at the shoreline. But now my dad has taken on so much water by her pushing him under and him falling under, just pushing her to shore that he can't get back out to the water where his son is yelling. And and this, this part got me. My brother was, what, 20 years old at the time. And he's saying, Daddy, Daddy, help me. I can't swim. He's not saying Dad. He's not saying anything else. He's saying, Daddy, help me. I can't swim. And so is my sister. They're both yelling, Daddy, help me. I can't swim. That's two kids. Which one do you choose? You can't pick either one. It's just like, it's just horrible to hear this, this stuff that's going down. And I'm, I'm thinking, man, did I, what did I sign up for? And asking them to record a podcast. I'm like almost in tears in the back corner. And I'm like, I, I don't know how to even react. And I'm looking at my dad. And I'm looking at my grandpa. And they're both over there like, you know, they're, they're letting it show. They got their, their sorrowers going. And I'm like, man, this is a, like, it's, life is horrible. You know, you think about it. And life is actually just horrible, dude. There's... I don't know if I said this in a podcast before. I think I may have, but I talked to a dude uh, in the church who had told me that, and luckily, luckily he's uh, he's changed his think- his thinking since then, just a bit. But his thinking was that depression 
is not natural. Depression is something that is of the devil, and it shouldn't be something that Christians have to deal with. And I'm over there like, you idiot. Like, like, have you not really experienced true loss before? Like, who are you? What kind of a person would actually say that? Only a person who hasn't experienced true loss before. Like, you tell me that depression isn't a real thing that Christians should deal with whenever you have something like that happen to you. You try and tell me that. Again, go ahead. You know, like, like, it doesn't make sense to me when people say that. That, that kind of stuff that I hear from my dad, from my grandpa, it, it puts so many things into perspective for me on how I need to react to life, how I need to look at things in life. And it's just, man, life, is, life, life can be so horrible sometimes. But without making this show too much of a Debbie Downer, I didn't want it to be. I wanted to just translate this episode for you guys so you guys can know what was said. And I think that actually brings me right into my next segment, which is my value for value segment. And yeah, I love it. I love I love how I can use that. I love how I can use that sound effect. And I don't get messed with because I'm just some uh, small timer podcaster that doesn't have to worry about anything. It's great. You know, like, screw music rights. <laughs> no, not really. But anyway, uh, I think artists should be paid, but they're not being paid with that. The label is because the label robs them. Anyway, <clears throat> I want to get into a few boosts. So I want to start off with one that wasn't from the most recent uh, episode that I put out, which was just the Romanian episode. This one was from the episode beforehand episode. I believe it was 14, I think. And it's from Pitar. Man, this guy's this guy top-notch character. And after splits, it's uh, 4750 sats. I believe it was 5,000 straight up. He says, wow, it never occurred to me how misused that quote really was. The love of money is often the root of some evils. Great lesson. One might go even further to say that the existence of the ego itself often allows us to act in ways which hurts others. I agree 100% with you. I, I think most of it has to do with the ego. I think the ego allows us to misuse money. I, I, I agree with you. Yeah, that, that is a great take on that. And then uh, he sends in another boost. I believe it was 2,500 sats because it came in as 2,375. He says, uh, inside the setup, and he's talking about his Graphene OS setup, uh, he says, inside the setup, I see a default digital assistant section. It appears Graphene OS supports installing such a service. I don't personally like using voice assistants myself, though, so I can't, I can't vouch for it. And that's, that's understandable. I really just want to know if there is an option for it. I really do, in, in my line of work and also in the way that I have my personal life system set up, it is much easier to use a personal assistant to dictate a note down versus to pull out the phone, let the boss stare at me and ask, hey, Claude, what's so important? What's so important that you can't focus on work and this can't wait till later? And obviously, my boss doesn't have a mind that's just riddled with ADHD like Claude's is. I might have it. I'm not sure. So he can't understand how my mind is so off of work that I have to jot this down, otherwise I won't be able to remember it. And speaking of which, I'm going to have to get into that segment next, which is the ideas I had segment. Excuse me, I had to burp. 
But thank you, Pitar. Thank you for those boosts. It's it's wonderful to know that you're still still sticking out there, <laughs> boosting me after all this time. I hear you. I hear you boosting so many other shows because I listen to. Which one did I listen to? I listened to uh, which one? Uh, the Survival Podcast. I heard you boost. You mentioned that Adam Curry t- turned you on to the Survival Podcast, saying that it is the best survival podcast to listen to and that you agree. And then I hear you on the Mere Mortals podcast. I hear you on Podcasting 2.0. I hear you on MoFacts. I, he- I think it was MoFacts. I hear you boosting everything. And yes, you were on MoFacts. You had the highest MoFacts donation, I think, in history. And you are a G. You are a true OG. I mean, if not a podcasting, of boosting. You will go down in the record books of the... Uh, if that's your goal, I think I may have found it. Your goal is to be the highest and earliest and biggest booster that ever was. And you're just doing a great job of it. Next. Next is Joel W. At Joel W. on Fountain. Boosted 31 sats. And he says, this is on my question of what to use. He says, uh, what, what is it? Uses a pine, uh, what is this? Um, I'm not sure what I asked for. I think it was talking about the Raspberry Pi and how to use that as a NAS. He says, use a Pine 64 SBC, uh, but don't see any reason the concept wouldn't work with a Raspy. Uh, Raspy Blitz, I think. And he sends a link, HTTPS, uh, Pine64.org, uh, and then a big long link that says, my DIY low power 6 SSD NAS based on the Quartz 64 ARM board. I am looking into that. I still haven't yet. I've had a pretty busy week, and I will show you some pictures at the end of this episode so you can see what has been going on in Claude's life uh, recently. Uh, but then he sends another boost because I, I mentioned in the last show, and this is why I love podcasting 2.0 so much. Thank you, Adam Curry, for doing this for me. I have been crying and dying to get interaction in these episodes, and that was in the most recent Value for Value uh, episode by Kyron Down, where he was talking about the podcast called Podcasting for Value, where this guy was just trying his hardest to get interactions in his podcast, and he only just recently got them because of podcasting 2.0 and boosts. And thank God for Fountain. Oscar Mary, you are a gem of a human being for creating such a good community. Now, I get it. We're trying to decentralize, and everyone is just flocking to Fountain because Fountain is just pushing the edge with all the features that are being brought into it and their version of implementation and how it just works so smoothly. But thank God for that. That is just amazing. These cross-app comments, once those get fully implemented, like, my goodness, there's going to be no stopping you. But yes, he sends a link to the uh, for a link for the with Adam Curry episodes, and there is uh, the Fountain Show. He sends it straight from the Fountain Show. So I'm gonna have to subscribe to that, and 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 thank you, thank you for that, Joel. I'm is is there a way for me to boost you back right now? There isn't. Um, I'll if I could, I would boost you back right now, but I can't off of Fountain. I don't think I'll find a way to do that if you send me another boost with maybe like a. Uh, lightning wallet address, I'll boost you back just because you put some value to the show. If I could put you a, a split to the show, I'll do that for you. This one that's coming out right now, just because you provided some value. Same with Pitar. If I can find a way to put you in the value split, I'll put you in it just because you guys are giving me some content. But not just you. Joel. Are you one of my new listeners? Are you one of my new listeners? I'm getting some metrics from RSS.com, but also from Fountain, which... I, I trust Fountains a little bit more because I can see these sats coming in. Now, I get it. Not everyone has a fully charged wallet, so I have to rely a little bit on RSS.com. But I'm getting some sats from you. And you boosted me. 
On July 31st, another 31 stats, and it says, No idea what was said, but Romanian, if I'm not mistaken, is a beautiful language, so I listened anyway. And you, you sent that in, because Fountain has the record, at the 1 hour, 14 minute, and 11 second mark. You listened to the whole freaking episode. Bro, like props to you. Like I said, I can't listen to a, a full Romanian podcast myself. So, I mean, thank you. Thank you all of you for these boosts. These are, these are top-notch boosts. You know, like, money amount aside, doesn't matter to me. I'm getting content, and I'm getting interaction with my, with my listeners, and it's, it's kind of humbling to know that I have listeners that actually value the content enough to even communicate with me. So that rounds out that, that segment, and I thank you again, everyone, for that. That is just, that is just top-notch. So thanks, guys. But moving on, I had quite a few more ideas since the last episode, and one of them, so I'm going to go into a few of them, uh, because there's, there's a few different things that have happened, a few different developments in my life, and, and a few things that I, I mean, just, just let me get into it. So the first idea that I had is I want to, uh, I want to create something that isn't that hard, and I went and bought a microwave for this very purpose off of uh, the Craigslist. So I went on Craigslist and I looked for a very cheap microwave because I want to create an electromagnet that is on wheels. So if anyone's been in the construction trade or anywhere that you could possibly use something like this, like the automotive industry or something of the nature, you'll know that there is a magnet on wheels that you can buy from the Home Depot or from Lowe's. And this magnet on wheels is just there to pick up stray nails that fall out of the, fall off whenever you do a demo or if you drop something, you just roll this magnet around and, and find it. These magnets suck. And I mean, they suck. And the, the problem is that they're not using good magnets, but they're charging you. And, and some of them are fine. I'm not saying that they all suck. But the problem is the design is just terrible. It's clunky. It's cumbersome. It's heavy. You know, like, th th this could be improved in so many ways. And the way that comes to mind the best is make an electromagnet. So I went onto the YouTubes, and I found a channel of a dude. I'll have to uh, link him once I actually make the device and follow his tutorial to a T to make the electromagnet that I want to make. But I want to make an electromagnet that's powered off of a 5-amp DeWalt or 5-amp hour DeWalt battery, and it should work to a certain degree. If I'm understanding the way that he explained his setup properly, and if a DeWalt battery can deliver 5-amp max throughout its its uh its battery life till it's from full charge to empty which i don't think it does i think there's a regulator that it only goes five amp at peak so i don't know but even if it only delivers two amps peak i should be able to pick up minimum 100 pounds of material on this magnet and that would be beautiful it should just work with you wire in this dewalt attachment that you can buy off of amazon just hot glue it if that's the best thing you can do i would obviously secure it better but you secure it to the top of this roller that's on caster wheels that is right on top of this electromagnet wire that up to the top of a handle that's just got one of these um uh, basically a cane handle one of these cane sticks that you can get and, I, and this is going to be a very jerry-rigged uh just frankenstein device at, at first but you just push a button. You got a push button at the top that is the on and off switch for the battery at the bottom to deliver power to the electromagnet. And it turns it on and off. You turn it on, 
pull up all the nails that are even two inches into the dirt if you've done a demo of siding on the outside of a wall. This is what prompted the idea. And you turn on the magnet, you pull out those nails, run around the entire side of the house, and you pick up a mound of nails because this thing is an electromagnet. It doesn't lose magnetic force necessarily. Yes, it does because it messes with the magnetic field, but it doesn't necessarily lose that much magnetic force even though it gets full of nails. So once you're done, you just pick up the whole contraption, hold it over the trash can, push the button, and everything falls off and it's clean to go, like clean. Because you got no magnetic force anymore. You don't even have these little tiny fibers hanging on. You're done so. And I was like, why hasn't anyone come up with this idea before? And obviously it might not be as profitable as they think, or maybe, maybe they're pulling the electric light bulb uh, business model where you can't make money if a light bulb lasts 100 years, even though you can make a light bulb last 100 years. You have to put product, uh, was it, uh, there's, uh, is it planned, uh, there's a word for it. There's a word, there's a phrase for it, uh, where, where you plan the, the lifespan of the device into it. I'm, I'm losing my mind here, losing my words, it's late. Uh, not really that late comparatively to what I've done before but I'm losing my words here. Basically, you program into the device when it's going to die. So that's how they make money. And the light bulb companies, maybe that's what they're trying to do with these magnets that, hey, these things will break eventually, so they're gonna have to come in and buy a new one that makes it more profitable because they realize the utility, but they realize that it sucks at the same time, but it's going to break anyway. This would fix all that, and I wanna make it, and I'm going to. I bought the microwave for 20 bucks. There's my electromagnet out of the transformer that's in the microwave. I just need to cut it open a bit and uh, spot weld a few places and make an encasement for it so that way it doesn't get damaged every time it picks up a nail. And that'll be it. That'll be it. It'll be great. So next idea is where is it? 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 I've gotten a bunch of jobs, side jobs. So I've gotten a, a, a bunch. So right now I'm finishing the project for my in-laws, which is siding, uh, at least my portion of it. I still have to do insulation, which I'm not looking forward to. And they want me to do the drywall, which I don't want to do. I'm hoping to pass that off on someone else because it's just taking so much time to finish this whole thing. And they say they're going to pay me, but I'm really not believing it. And even if they do, I'm not thinking it's going to be proper wages just because it's like they're old. They don't have a lot of money. And even if they do, I think it's more of one of those family discount things. And even if that's just fine, I don't mind. I'm, like it's, it's just like it's work. I'm not saying that I don't value my work. I'm just saying I don't mind doing something for the family because at least I can say I did it and I'm learning and it's paid. Whether it's a hundred bucks or whatever, it's paid. Well, I also got another job doing demo and install of siding for a gentleman from the church. That one will pay significantly more, and I'd like to get started on it as soon as possible, but it's a big job. Then I also have my day job that I have to do, which is roughly 8 to 10 hours every single day, and unless I start earlier, I still get off of work at around 3 or 4 o'clock, maybe 5 sometimes, which leaves me only 4 more hours of daylight roughly, and that'll get shorter in the winter. And then... I got another side job from a lady that is that, that knows my brother-in-law who did a restoration job for her who needs some siding replaced. And then I got another job from another gentleman. And I'm actually, I'm probably going to have a bunch of 
I'm gonna have a bunch of photos sliding through of each individual job so you can so you guys can get a, a grasp of what exactly needs to be done and I took most of these pictures with the measure app on the iPhone that gives you an idea rough idea of how big the area is and what it's going to look like beforehand and then I'll keep you guys updated from there but I got another job from a pastor of another church in the area in the Spokane area who wants some walls built into the area into the area that you'll see in the pictures uh, and he wants help with audio visual work which I'm not the best at so I need to get a friend to help me out but it's just all these things are stacking up very much so and I don't know how to charge for them properly that's what I'm getting at here I don't know how to charge for most of these uh, labor-intensive jobs as far as materials are concerned, but that's on me if I'm the contractor that's being contracted out, even though I don't have a business license. So that's, I'm treading treading hot water or whatever you call it. I'm, I'm in hot water, uh, skating on thin ice, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I don't have a business license. So to do all this, it's all cash under the table, which I'm fine with. I don't care. Like I, I, I enjoy doing that because then no one needs to know. It's all just underground, I do it, it's a good job, and everyone's happy. But to get that material cost list, I want to have that uh, be done for me. I, I need to find a simple, intuitive way to quote out a job as soon as possible after I do my initial run-through without having even a mindset of, oh, well, this should cost roughly this much and throw a ballpark number out there. I want to be as close as possible to the number. And to do that, I need current market prices. Well, current market prices fluctuate a whole heck of a lot. And that's where Python automation comes in. Yay, Python. I want to have a server running almost constantly. And this server would probably have to be something that I get set up through like Linode or, or something because I, I don't have a server at home. And even if I do, I don't know how to set this up. So I might have to figure this out. But I want to set up a server that's running constantly that has basically a Python scraping service running on it constantly. So what I would do is I would make a spreadsheet is the idea. Make a spreadsheet that's a template. And this template would be created through uh, most likely a Siri shortcut. And the reason why I say a Siri shortcut is because Siri shortcuts are getting extremely advanced. And I want to talk about some other new features that are coming through iOS 16 that's incredible. That I'm going to test out on the next episode because right now I don't have enough battery life on my phone or anything else. But anyway, I want this to be where I have a template that has the name of the material, the square footage necessary, and just a few other cells that need to be inputted while I'm on the job site. Maybe some pictures, maybe a few things here and there. And what will happen is once I input, once there's a change made to the linear footage of a specific piece of material, it will automatically do the math right then and there for that piece of material and how many linear feet or whatever I need for that based on the cell adjacent to it, which would be the current market price. And the current market price would be live updated based on a Python script that would scrape the Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever seller of material has their live price tracker already on it. Now I've looked into some of these APIs that are already on the internet and you have to pay a whole heck of a lot to be able to use this for every single lookup of material and I don't want to do that so I'd rather just get into scraping. Now I get it, websites can change, uh, infrastructures and frameworks can change and if that happens then your scraper is basically broken and you just have to start over again with the scraper. But if I build it properly where the scraping method just 
answers to another uh, script. Basically, the scraping script is one script individually, and then there's another script that inputs that data into the Excel spreadsheet. Then everything should be hunky dory, and all I have to do is uh, swap that one cell, which is the scraper. And obviously, I'm out of my zone here. I don't know if I'm talking out of my ass, but that's all that would have to happen is you just be able to swap that scraper, replace it with another one that feeds the same style of information, which would probably just be JSON data. Maybe CSV because that's what Excel understands, CSV. So it would just put that information into specific cells in that spreadsheet and call it good. You'll have your updated prices that it would run all the time. And I just need a way to make that work. So I need to look into a whole heck of a lot, but I want that to work. And then at that point, if I have that working, for me, I'll just put that on my website and everyone who's anyone can use it. Maybe at some point, I'll even make it a one-click install script off of GitHub where anyone who has an iPhone will be able to run this Siri shortcut at any point in time and be able to hard quote jobs on any material that they want. And all they have to do, all you'd have to do is if the material that you don't, that, that you want isn't on this 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 auto-generated GitHub list of materials that would come through that one one script install onto your own server, or maybe I'm thinking into the future here. What if I make a script that would automatically install a server on, and I'm out of my wheelhouse here, so if anybody who's a dude named Ben is listening to this and saying, this dude's an idiot, he thinks he can do so much. I'm sorry. This is my dreams. I could have a script that automatic automatically installs whatever server needs to be installed on your computer that would automatically uh, start scraping a website that would automatically install another script that would automatically link to your spreadsheet account based on already stored credentials or something. Maybe it would prompt you to sign in, you know, to your auto credentialed system uh, with with Excel or with uh, Google Sheets or something, then you would be able to automatically have everything done where you have your spreadsheets, you have your Siri shortcut link uh, on your phone as a separate file or something that would auto communicate with all of this because it's already connected to your Google account or your Microsoft account. And then all you have to do is edit the name of uh, column A where a1 would be 2x4s, A2 would be OSB, A3 would be plywood, A4 would be drywall, and so on and so forth with whatever materials you want. And as soon as you put in the name of the material, the scraper goes to work typing that in to its, or typing that in, but looking through the index of materials on the Home Depot website for that specific material. And if there's a typo, it would use regex or something to find something as close as possible, or maybe just use the auto-generated uh, what you call it, search results from uh, Home Depot and get the best match and then just return you that specific price and then give you maybe a variation based on the prices. An average would be another cell, something. And you'd be able to auto-quote your material list. I think it would be hunky-dory and top-notch. That's almost the last idea I had. I had one more. And this isn't technically this is this is technically uh, something that I've already done. That uh, if you wanted to look into it, there there's a YouTube video that I'll link in the uh, chapters right now, and it is a YouTube short that I put together myself. Uh, I put together this this tool. Technically, it's a tool, and it's a research tool for any podcast. 
Now I'm trying to find it, find a way to make this work better. I'm still trying to find a way to make this work better because there's there's so many ways that this could be used to just better the world as a whole. And I want to make this work using Podping, and I want to make this work using open source uh, speech to text services if there is one that works beautifully. And I'm following up with Oscar Mary. Uh, probably tomorrow to try and figure out if he's found anything that works better because the service he uses with Fountain is paid and he's looking for open source services. So anybody who's not a supporter of Fountain should get on that because there's a lot that he's doing out of, I don't know if it's his own pocket or if he's got uh, VC funding or something, but whatever it is, he's doing a lot. Him and his team are doing a lot to make podcasting better. And the transcription and clipping function is one of the most important features of the app. And it costs him to use it. So keep on that. But my idea is to transcribe every single podcast episode ever. If not ever, then every single podcast episode that I find important. So whatever RSS feed there is, transcribe every single episode in that podcast feed. Put them all in their own individual files. And with that, generate an, uh, not, a, not a VTT file, an uh, SRT file. And the SRT file would have the exact time codes for every single word said in the podcast. Now, this could, this could lend itself to a whole bunch of different applications, but my application is a research tool. So anytime you want to find something that the podcaster said, you can just type it in and it would find it. I want it to be almost as good as saying, like, take the No Agenda show, for example. Adam talking about Dutch farmers. And it would find every occurrence where the host that the whatever service like Otter AI will actually take the voice profile of a specific person and you can give a name to that person like Adam would have his own voice profile and John would have his own voice profile and it would ascribe different sentences to that person. So you could type in Adam talking about Dutch farmers and it would pull up every single occurrence of Adam talking about Dutch farmers through the history of the podcast and it would blow that up in your face and you could get even more specific saying talking about Dutch farmer riots, talking about Dutch farmers spreading manure over parliament and you would find all of this with a link to the episode or or if there would be a way to cache all this to where it's easily accessible, you'd be able to instantly play and I mean as instantly as you can search it, you would be able to play a clip of that audio so you could see if that was the clip you were looking for. And that is the dream that I have, and I've made something similar to it. Now, I made it for MoFacts, MoFacts with Adam Curry, and the reason I made it was because it is an excellent research tool to understand the true plight, and, and, and I, I, I don't want to say plight necessarily because that makes it seem like, I don't know, like we need to pity black people, but that's not... That's not what they want, and that's not, I mean, that's they want, like, as if I know what black people want, but it doesn't seem like it from the show, you know? It doesn't seem like, like, Mo wants to be pitied, and, and I wouldn't want to be pitied if I was put in a position. I would just want you to be, I would want to be treated equally. I would want to be treated like a normal human being, and that's it, you know? So, it's an excellent research tool, and I used it as a test to look up Henrietta Lacks and the episode where that was mentioned, and the exact minute and uh, hour and minute marker of when that was mentioned. So I'll link that in the show. You'll see it. 
and how it works. You'll see it if you click the link. You'll go to my YouTube channel. It'll take you to my YouTube channel. You'll see the short. See how the tool works. And um, if you send me a boostergram and you want to actually use the tool yourself, I'll send you a, a copy of the tool or at least the library of markdown files that are every single transcript up to, I think, episode... 50 or 60 something can't remember exactly but it's got a few of those i did the same thing for a preacher that has over i think 1700 videos and i have 1700 markdown files that you use an app called obsidian to really quickly search through and it'll that that can be used also for your research purposes if you just look up obsidian for research on youtube you'll see some people have done some crazy stuff with their search capabilities with Obsidian. So that that is what I want to do uh, better. And I got, I, I was using YouTube DL. Here's my whole point in saying all this. I was using YouTube DL. Then I realized YouTube DLP, I believe is the name of it, is a better, faster re uh, search tool and downloader tool for the service that is YouTube DL. And um, it's got some... Like, I don't use all the newfangled features. I really just want to download the subtitle files with it. But it, it uses some newer, other new cool things. But somewhere along the way, between earlier this year and January, to, I think, March or April or something, I can't remember exactly when, sometime between then and then, something changed. Whether it's with YouTube DL, whether it's with YouTube and their structure of their subtitle files or something or maybe the script that I'm using to, uh, what you call it, to convert the VTT files into Markdown or something that Markdown can understand, which just removes most of the uh, doubles. Because VTT file has a bunch of double sentences for basically for how they uh, put the subtitle files over the video, how they overlay, how they overlay the subtitle file onto the video. There's a lot of doubles involved and there's time codes that are involved and you don't want the time codes to be as extensive as they are. You don't want the doubles. So there's a lot of uh, removing and replacing of text in these scripts and it just breaks. It broke for some reason to where it doesn't organize it right anymore. But some guy commented, and I don't know who it is, but I commented on one of these GitHub threads for one of these services that does that, one of these scripts, someone who wrote a script that does this, because I don't know how to write scripts. I'm still trying to learn this. But someone wrote a script on how to, or, or not how to, but on a way that you can convert that VTT file into text. Now, it removes the time code, which I don't want. I want to keep the time code, except for a certain amount of data. There's too much, too much extra digits. I just want the uh, hour, minute, and second marker. And then I'd actually like that to be hyperlinked as well, but that's asking a little too much right now because I don't know how to do that. But anyway, uh, I, I want to do that. To do that requires JavaScript right now with this new tool. I don't want it to require JavaScript necessarily. At least as far as I understand it, I don't want it to. But anyway, that's, that's, that's neither here nor there. Those were my ideas. It's getting hot in this car because there's the heat wave going on. I think... I made my point on everything I wanted to tonight. Um, that project for my in-laws, I'm going to go ahead and uh, link the photos right now at the end of this episode just so you guys can see it. Um, and I, I think that's... Oh, no. no last, 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 last. iOS 16. I downloaded it on my phone so I could test it out. 
I really didn't want to update my own phone to iOS 16 because uh, I like holding on to oldest software as long as possible. Plus, iOS 16 is woke. Um, it's <laughs> for for a couple of reasons. I don't like how there's a lot of things that I don't like a lot of things about it. It's buggy right now anyway because it's a public beta. But there's one feature that no one is really talking about that I think is killer. And I mean really, really killer. And I'm going to use it next episode. And, and I'm going to tell you why right now. And that, that, that'll be my last point, because I'm done, and I got to go, I got to go to bed. After I tell you this one more thing. Uh, next episode might be live streamed. Maybe. I'm going to try to get my live stream set up with Icecast. If I can, I'm going to live stream it. If not, it'll be the one after. But on the next episode, actually, you know what? Next episode. This episode, I'm just letting you know, there will be, not this next episode, but the one after will be live streamed. I'll give you the exact date and time on the next episode. So if anyone is interested in listening to it live to see how the production works, it's almost no different than it is right now, just so you know. But I want to do it live just to see what it's like. And then maybe I'll even get a live boost, which would be even cooler. That'd be even cooler, I think. Anyway, uh, I need to set up a, <laughs> I need to set up my helipad server at home. Oh, I got to talk about that too. Ah, so much. Okay. Let me finish up here. Just getting back to that last point. iOS 16 came out with this killer feature. Now Google came out with this on a very specific Google-only app called Recorder. And they only launched it on Pixel phones. Their Recorder app worked in offline mode, and according to them, there was no telemetry involved. There was no reporting back to home base. And technically, there wasn't, because you don't have to have an internet connection for this to work. And I know this because I transcribed one of these previous episodes with that service. Now, it doesn't have time codes or anything. It's just a text file, but that's that's basically what iOS has implemented system-wide. Now, there's a dictation button under the keyboard on every, or on the keyboard if you're using a uh, iPhone SE. Uh, there's a, basically the iPhone 8, 7, 7, 6, 7, 8, or newer, because nothing else works on iOS 16 now. Uh, 7 doesn't, 6 doesn't, but anyway, if you use the dictation button, you know you can just dictate your, your voice. You talk into it and it works. They've had offline mode for a while now, but here's the problem. When you're using that as a serve as 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 a as a thing to use, the dictation wasn't always accurate. It's better now. It's not it's still not like killer, but nothing really is. But here's the killer part. It works in offline mode and it does not stop. There's there's something about that. So back in iOS 15 and before when you hit that dictation button, there was a little waveform visualizer that showed up on your screen and it would just start transcribing your text. And that's how you would know that it was still transcribing is that visualizer would be there and there is a little uh, tone that would play whenever it starts and stops, which is cool and good enough. But with iOS 16, there's a tone, but your keyboard is still there. And the microphone at the bottom is simply highlighted with some uh, different shaded circle behind it. And then that's it. And you can, you can start talking. And it's like, okay, that's, that's different, but cool. Now it auto-punctuates. 
But not only does it auto-punctuate, which is kind of crazy how it can do that. There's some new AI involved there to understand when there should be a comma, a semicolon, a period, exclamation point, question, question mark, and things of that nature. But you can automatically, on the fly, edit the text while you're still dictating. So you can dictate an entire podcast Save that to your notes on iOS, on whatever device you want. Now, I'm recording on my iPad right now, but I could just record on my phone the the dictation. I could be recording on the iPad with my blue snowball, have my iPhone running in the background, low power mode, screen dimmed out, just talking, and let that run for as long as I need to, to, to dictate an episode, and it would just transcribe the whole thing. It's a killer feature. You now have any... Any junk iPhone, if you have a uh, junk iPhone, because uh, iPhones aren't cheap, but if you have a junk iPhone laying around, use it for dictating. Just leave it on the side, running while you're podcasting, and you can dictate your episode. The whole thing, and it's it's free. It just comes with it. You can keep it in offline mode, and it works. Don't have to worry about anybody dictating your audio. It works in offline mode. Just update to iOS 16, turn it on airplane mode, and go for it. You can copy and paste and airdrop your crap, your uh, your text file. It's beautiful. Anyway done with this episode. I got other things I want to talk about, but it's like, I keep saying it's getting late. I don't have time for any of this. Uh, I just, I, I, I gotta get to bed. Gotta upload this because I'd like to have another episode. That's not just the Romanian one. And I'm also planning on doing another one on Friday. I'm trying to make this a Friday thing so I can at least do one weekly and have a decent amount of information to talk about every single week because I can actually run out of topics, believe it or not. Um, I have a lot of political crap I want to talk about too, but then again, what's the point of ranting about political crap when there's nobody to counter my arguments and then I'm just talking into the wind, uh, patting myself on the back saying, yeah, Claude, you're so smart. You're so good at figuring this stuff out. You should be president. No. Anyway, that's it. Thank you all for listening so much. Thank you everyone who's boosted. And I'm hoping, hoping that next time, not this episode coming up, but the one after that I can do live. Maybe I'll get a live boost. And maybe, this is a little bit of juiciness for the next episode. Maybe by then I'll have my laptop up and running again because I broke it with my Umbral server because I think it uh, updated to 0.5 or 5.0 or something and it just does not work. And I didn't have enough memory in the hard drive to sync the entire blockchain. Oh, it was nonsense broke the laptop now i gotta go through and fix it hopefully if i can't then i'll have to talk to some dude named ben who knows better than me but there it is uh like i said thank you all for listening thank you so much for sticking through thick and thin pitar and everyone else who values this enough to listen this far um here's my well actually hold on let me just uh let me look for this um Oh, shoot. Yeah, well, I don't have it. I, I went on to the Podcasting 2.0 GitHub. Uh, Dave Jones is, I think it's Dave Jones's repository, to try and find the boost bait folder. And I found it. I downloaded it because it gives you all of the, the boost bait and the sound clips that they use. And I have a few, but I don't have enough to actually make it work. And there was one I was looking for, a better version of this, because I just clipped this with my uh cool clipping method that I use, but I'll play this one next show. I'll get the right one, hopefully, if I remember, but 
I'm, I'm going to use this to play me out, and I'm going to use the same end-of-show ISO that I've been using, which I think is uh, is a winner. But anyway, catch you all in the next one. Tired, hot, ready to sleep. This will be uploaded in the morning. I'll see you guys in the next one. Chapters, transcripts, images, links, stream micropayments to the podcast, and send Satoshis in real time over the Lightning Network using a compatible podcasting 2.0 app. Just go to newpodcastapps.com. That's newpodcastapps.com. And for more info, go to podcastindex.org. Boost! Can my podcast give me five stars?